So let's talk science with our science expert, Dan Riskin. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John Moore. How are you? I'm very good. Now, I remember a while ago we played the sound of Mars, and now apparently we have sound from another planet. Well, we have sound from Saturn, and we have sound from the Sun. And I think, let's just get into it. Why don't we listen to some of this? Because it's, it's kind of fun to hear. Here we go. Trek. Wow, that is Isn't very that Star Trek, uh, Night Gallery, and uh, Shade of Halloween. Yeah, it's spooky. It's really spooky. So uh, these spacecraft that are going out and measuring things in space, a lot of the data that they record are things you can't actually see with your eyes, but then they do transformations to it to make it visible. And so you can see infrared things like galaxies that you wouldn't see otherwise. That's kind of what's happening here with the sounds. If you went and stuck your head out in space, well, you'd die pretty quickly. But if you put a, a, a microphone out in space, you wouldn't pick much up because there's no sound waves that are traveling through a vacuum. But there are there is this like plasma that's coming off the sun and there's all kinds of stuff moving through space and there are radio waves and so what nasa's done is they've taken a bunch of different recordings from different devices and then they've usually sped them up from a very low frequency uh, radio wave or something like that into something that vibrates with a frequency that you would hear if it was a sound. And so then they play it as a sound. And so it's not that if you went out to Saturn and sat in, you know, in an orbit around it, you would hear this noise coming off of it. But when they take the data from the sensors of spacecrafts like Cassini that are at Saturn, that are going around picking up these radio waves, and then they speed up those radio waves about 22 times to get it into the frequency you can hear then it sounds like you're listening to the spaced out star trek episode and so it's <laughs> it's legit it's real but don't don't be fooled into thinking that there are sounds happening in space it's just that this is a way of presenting the data in a way that our bodies can absorb it with our sensory systems that we have okay so it's a bit like the beatles tune that's coming out at 10 a.m this morning yes very much so very much so which is partly made with artificial intelligence i'm very much looking forward to hearing that that's going to be really neat okay so we heard saturn now apparently nick do we have the other okay so this is the sun wow for something so great big ball of fire in the sky that's kind of banal yeah, it is kind of banal. And also, like, if you could hear it, if it the, the real frequency is much, much lower. So I said for the Saturn data, they sped it up 22 times. For the Sun data, they sped it up 42,000 times. So, uh, again, it's it's a conversion. But I, I like the idea of NASA trying to think about different ways to share the data, especially if you think of somebody who is visually impaired. This is a way for the data to be, to be uh, you know, tangible um but you know why not take it further what about some kind of like a taste experience or or a, a touch experience so you could experience the data that come from space in a way that we sense it with our bodies because ultimately these are just tools for converting things into something we can absorb with our bodies and so it's neat to have it come as sound because we're not used to that and i think there's more and more of that coming because you have creative scientists who are thinking about new ways to share their data yeah well i really don't want to touch the sun though <laughs> exactly fair enough i think no, Icarus taught us a good lesson hot. yeah yeah Okay, so I don't even understand this next headline. Help me out. The role of individual urban mobility behavior. Yeah, this is a terrible title. The, the <laughs> title should be, People Who Ride Their Bike Are Nice. That should be Ooh, the title. Okay. Because yeah. what they did is, in Germany, they have a great big data set of thousands of individuals, uh, and you know they, they fill out surveys like crazy. And uh, what they did here is they made a comparison. For people that live basically in a city where you could ride a bike, they compare people who ride bikes to people who drive, and they had them ask, answer a bunch of questions about how you know how much they participate in society, how social they are, how, how much solidarity 
familiarity they feel with their neighborhood. And what they found is that if you ask something like, uh, if you ask people, in the last 12 months, have you contacted a politician? Have you worked in a political party? Have you signed a petition? You tend to find that people who ride bikes tend to answer yes to those kinds of questions more often than people who ride in cars. They tend to be more politically active. They tend to be more socially active. So they're taking part in religious organizations, uh, music organizations, cultural organizations. And if you ask some questions about, you know, what's your community like? Do people in your community help one another? People who ride bikes tend to answer, yes, people in my community help one another. So the big finding from Germany, which matches findings from Wisconsin in another study, is that people who are, tend to ride bikes tend to be more socially engaged. And that, that it's unclear which is the chicken and which is the egg in terms of what drives what. But it tends to be that those people who are riding their bicycles are more socially engaged with the people around them. Makes sense to a degree because there's a certain, amongst adults anyway, hippie aspect to riding a bike. So you might be more of, you know, an Olivia Chow type. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're somebody who thinks about others and thinks about the environment and thinks about these social things, you might be driven to to find a way to make riding a bike the way you get around. I think that's that's more likely. But it's also possible that if, if you're somebody that if for whom riding a bike is just really convenient and you start doing it, that gets you, you know, there's something about being in a car that makes you antisocial. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but it, it, <laughs> certainly me, yes. You, you honk. You like people there's the only way to talk to other people in your car is to honk at them. There's no like button you can push that says thanks or anything like you have to wave and they can barely see your hand and cars are just it seems like when you get in a car and you have those walls around you 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 feel entitled to be kind of mean and if you're on a bike you're people on bikes yell at people too i mean then they flip the bird and all that but um i I think there's a a lot to this and i think it's very interesting so i was observing going into the break that this struck me as very scooby-doo tricking people into hearing voices yeah, this is uh, some really cool research where they're trying to find an experimental way to understand what happens in somebody's head when they hear voices. And the the sort of simple way of thinking of it is, well, there are some people for whom that happens and some people for whom that doesn't happen. And, and so you have to find somebody who is on this end of the spectrum. But what they've been doing in the lab is trying to come up with ways to take people who normally don't hear voices, but to set up the parameters of their experience such that they start hearing voices. So um, this could be very spooky for somebody that, that experiences it. But what they do is they put them in this chair where they push a button. And whenever they push the button, a finger touches their back a half a second later and that delay is enough to kind of give you the willies and and so now you've got this chair that's touching you when you push a button and, and that feels weird and then they start playing noise over speakers like just white noise pink noise technically if you're a sound person but they play noise over the speakers with voices in it and you're hearing that and then while you're spooked out and you've heard all these voices over the sound then what they do is they just play static and you will tend to hear voices or imagine voices if you've had that experience leading up to it and they're pointing out that we can get people who do not hear voices on a regular basis to hear voices in our experiments and that gives us tools to understand what's happening in the brain so we could scan their brains we could look at different experiences to, to set that up and we can start to understand what's happening for people who hear voices and try to take that apart okay it's i always whenever you talk about one of these studies i think about the person who wants to do it sitting with their professor saying okay here's the thing it's going to be this thing that touches your back and gives you the willies and then we're going to play static and it's okay go ahead and do it one last quick okay go ahead i'm right there with you it's like what happened to get you to this point where like you've done i I see it as like they do that well we do this oh we got this to work oh let's try one other thing one other thing and then you suddenly pull your head up away from the desk and you go wait a second do you realize what we just got somebody to do (laughs) 
and they you know it's it's a little ludicrous but scientists you know they do chase these big questions and sometimes something really interesting does fall out of these things and and we we move science forward so um you know and, and the other thing is that if you're signing up to volunteer for a study it'd be kind of cool to volunteer for a study where you get spooked out and hear voices that it just sounds like a little bit more fun than other kinds of studies you could sign up for right but this is coming from a guy who built a treadmill for a bat <laughs> now that's the most fun kind of study not if you ask the bats but i had a really good time okay thanks a lot good to have you thank you <laughs> that's dan riskin was that saturn or was that uh, that the was sun? the sun that was the sun it's a uh, remarkably dull sound for something as gorgeous and you have to imagine that i you know if you got close to the sun which of course we can't do because you'd explode but that it would be a, a great roar but who knows